Hey, it's Craig. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Canadian History X early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious lolly Focus Pops or lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Canadian History X. I'm not going to do my usual spiel that I say at the beginning of most episodes. I'm going to be talking a bit about something a bit more personal, and it relates to my puppy, Boris. Over the past month, I've noticed that his breathing has become a bit different. It's raspy, he's a bit out of breath more, and he tends to hack up his food a bit more while eating. So I took him to the vet and I found that he has a uh, condition called laryngeal paralysis, which is the first stage of a neurological disease that's similar to ALS in humans. But thankfully, that's slow moving and it's not really a concern until well down the road. But what is a concern now is the paralysis. And this is caused when abductor muscles in the larynx are not working properly and they're not expanding and opening for a deep breath. And so it's not a horrible condition initially, but... It does mean that generally he would have one to three years left. Um, Or in some cases, in more extreme cases, dogs only have a few months. So I'm looking to raise some money for his surgery. Uh, It costs $5,000, which is not cheap and well beyond what I can afford. So I've organized a GoFundMe. You don't have to, to donate. If you can even just share it, I would appreciate it. I just would like to get a few extra years with my dog. A bit of cool news. My other podcast, Canadian History X, is up for a Canada Podcasting Award in the category of Society and Culture. So to vote, you need to be a podcaster. So if you are a podcaster and you enjoy my shows, I would truly appreciate it if you could give me a vote. The link to vote will be in my show notes. And thanks again. Before I start, I want to say welcome to the newest patron of the podcast, and I hope I pronounced your last name correctly, Martin Strache. The area of Bicycur was primarily the territory of the Blackfoot for centuries. The territory stretched from Montana and the Rocky Mountains to central Alberta, out almost to Manitoba. One of the main reasons they occupied this area was because of the bison herds who would migrate through. The Blackfoot would harvest the bison, and early settlers to bicycle would discover bison bones on their land, which had been harvested long ago before Europeans ever arrived in the area. Today, bicycle sits on Treaty 7 land, signed by the Blackfoot in 1877. In 1908, a large group of German settlers began to arrive in the region thanks to the work of a colonization company. That same year, bicycle would be founded. It would grow slowly, but the Canadian Pacific Railway's arrival in 1910 spurred on the settlement. 
The year the railroad arrived, the first general store was opened in a two-story building that housed the school and dance hall. The village name comes from Thomas Bicecker, who was a vice president and partner in the Calgary Colonization Company that helped found the community. Many of the early German settlers who came to the community had come from North Dakota and South Dakota. One early settler was, jo- One early settler was Joseph Schmaltz, who was born in Russia and moved to the area on March 19, 1908. Arriving with his wife Matilda and their family, they were one of six families to settle in the area that year to help establish the community. All of their belongings were loaded onto wagons and hay racks and transported along the prairie trails. He would then take up land one kilometer away from Bicycler, where he would farm until he retired to live in the village in 1925. The family would become an important part of the community, with seven sons and one daughter moving to the community with their parents, which produced 60 grandchildren. In 1950, Schmaltz was the oldest resident in the community and the last remaining settler who came over to establish the community in 1908. I want to talk about the local history atlas. This was created by one of my listeners, Ben Woodward, and it's fantastic. It's this wonderful website where you can see a a Google Maps image of Canada and you can visit all of the places in Canada, and within these places are my local history podcast episodes that you can listen to, and one of the great things about it is you can add to it. You can put your own pictures in. You can put your own information. It's creating this wonderful historical mosaic of Canada, and it's a wonderful website. Uh, I have the link in my show notes, but if you also want to visit yourself, it's atlas.digitalhistory.ca. And we can create this wonderful mosaic of Canada's history. All of us, you can learn about Canada's history. If you're going on a road trip, you can use this wonderful site to see where you're going and the amazing things that you can see. So be sure to check it out. Another building that was constructed in 1910 was the Canadian Pacific Railway Station. The building was built on the west end of the community and it quickly became the focal point of Bicycler. In the mid-1960s, the station was decommissioned and it sat empty for the next 25 years. Then, it was later moved from the CPR trackway through turning it 180 degrees and placing it on the village of Bicycler property where it became the municipal office, library and museum. In 2006, it was designated as a municipal historic resource. I'd like to take a break away from the episode for a second to talk about ExploreNet. I spent most of my life living in rural areas in Canada, and I remember the days of dial-up internet and spotty high-speed service. For the past three years, I have been a customer of ExploreNet, and I can honestly say that it is the best rural internet I have ever had. My job as a podcaster means I spend a lot of time researching online, interviewing people over Zoom, and uploading content. Through it all, ExploreNet has provided me with excellent service. When I'm not working, I enjoy streaming content on several streaming platforms and even doing some online gaming with a friend in Ontario. ExploreNet allows me to do all of that with ease. Right now, they offer up to 50 megabits per second on their new LTE network with unlimited data. Their service has only become faster and better since I first signed on. Today and beyond, ExploreNet is investing in building and upgrading the network at a rapid pace. ExploreNet is rural, and that is their route, and that is their focus. For more information about rural internet options in your area, go to ExploreNet.com or call 1-866-285-2253. 
The area of Bicekur quickly became known for its ability to grow large crops of wheat, and before long, it was known as the World Wheat King Capital. In August 1925, the Justice of the Peace and Postmaster for the community was embroiled in a high-profile case when Edward Hagel accused him of telling him to leave town within 20 minutes or he would shoot him, followed by two gunshots over his head. The Postmaster and Justice of the Peace, Charles Fryer, was arraigned on charges of intent to maim. According to evidence, Fryer did not like Hagel spending time with his daughter, who was living in Calgary at the time. As postmaster, he had opened a letter that was sent to his daughter and became angry to find out that Hagel and his daughter were writing each other. Hagel, who had just been sitting out in front of the post office when Fryer arrived, brandishing a revolver and threatened to shoot him. Hagel said he tried to explain, but Fryer would not listen to him. Hagel would flee into the blacksmith shop and then into a side street where he was tackled by Fryer. The two men briefly fought before going their separate ways. Fryer would say there was no reason to have a fuss over the entire matter as he shot over the head of Hagel, not at him, simply as a means to frighten him. In 1932, Bicycle made news across the province when it dealt with a crime spree unusual for a small town. In the last week of October of that year, the community dealt with three robberies. A grocery store, gas station, and general store had been broken into. At the gas station, the hose was cut on a service pump and 50 gallons of gas was stolen in the process. The man who had conducted the thefts, and Gordon, would be caught and sentenced to six months in prison. If you go to Bicycur, you will come across Squirt the Skunk. This statue, which was created in the early 1990s to promote the community, is 13 feet high and sits in the campground of the community. A contest was held to generate ideas and drawings for a mascot in the community. Squirt was chosen, and the statue was soon built. Today, he has become an integral part of the image of the community. I've seen the statue, and it makes for a great picture opportunity on any road trip through the country. If you would like to learn more about Bicycur, then the best place to visit is the Bicycur Station Museum, which is situated in the historic train station in the community that I mentioned earlier. The museum was established on December 21, 1984, through the efforts of volunteers. The artifacts in the museum have been primarily been donated by local residents, and it makes for an excellent stop when visiting Bicycur. I visited it in the summer of 2021, and it has many great things to explore. You can look inside the vintage caboose that has several displays about the railroad history of Bicycur. There's also a sod house built in 2006, which also sits on the museum grounds. The house was built by 23 volunteers who spent 300 hours and used 1,400 rolls of sod to finish the project. And as I said in the museum, there are many wonderful artifacts that have been put on display by volunteers who run this wonderful museum. I hope you enjoyed that episode of my look at Bicycur. If you did, please leave a rating and review. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. As well, again, if you want to support the podcast, you can for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash canadaehx. And you can donate to the podcast by going to canadaehx.com and clicking donate. And I also want to thank all of my wonderful patrons. And I apologize if I get any names incorrect. Sarah White, Tom McMillan, Mike Sullivan, Wendy Mills, Keelan Pringnitz, Michael Matthews, Joanna Parker, Jeff Dahl, Vobbs, Robert Page, Richard T., Colin Johnson, Jeff Hershey, Kyle Murray, Steve Pakin, Matthew Gartho, Lionel Romaine, Dr. Bob Turner, Randy Hayden, Doug Campbell, Reg W., Deborah Carlson, Francis Helbling, 
Nixon Ree, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Shove, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Roy, Luke S., J.P. Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, and Iris Gray. Thanks, and we'll see you again next time.